We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I am so excited to have Yuladi Saluti on the show tonight. When I heard about her through a mutual friend of ours, I immediately reached out and invited her to come on the show and share her story with our listeners. Yuladi is one of the strongest women I know. She has had 27 surgeries, breast cancer, and a colostomy bag, and is only 42 years old. During this interview, Yuladi shares her journey, starting with her happy childhood and then the first hints of pain starting when she was only eight years old. Yuladi talks about living with extreme pain, her 27 surgeries, living with an ostomy bag, and how she got very sick only one week after she got married. Yuladi spoke about why she chose to share her breast cancer journey with the world and her mission to empower and support other women. You may know Yuladi as a yoga influencer and have seen her post about her running journey as well. She talks about how yoga and running helped her through the pain and shares advice for women experiencing similar struggles. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode, learn a lot, and be inspired. This podcast episode is brought to you by Uplevel, the app that's redesigning the world for women. Head over to uplevel.com, that's U-P-L-E-V-Y-L.com, to join the Uplevel network and learn how to accelerate your life professionally, personally, and financially. Apply now and get access to highly curated, female-focused, and ad-free content. Membership required. Download the Uplevel app on the App Store today. Young Yuladi, so I was born and raised in Colombia, so in South America, and I was, it's very interesting, I had a very interesting childhood because I was born in Medellin, and um, in my, you know, in the 90s, I was like 10, and um, I remember very vividly, like the Pablo Escobar drug cartels, that was my childhood growing up, so and it was very interesting, um, now seeing, like, uh, shows about my like stuff that went on in my city was it's crazy but um growing up in being born in colombia and growing up in colombia um i was a very uh i was an adult outdoors child i i was always i'm from the city so we were always outside and i was um loud <laughs> and i would say people would think it, like i was loud and crazy uh um <clears throat> huge personality i think i've always had a huge personality um uh, I think um, I was always happy, a very happy kid. Um, and I think that, I'm, like, as an adult, I'm still a very happy person. But, like, that's this day what I would go. I wake up happy. And um, also was, uh, what else? I, I, was, I mean, I, was, I remember being, like, I was the oldest of 
um, of the grandkids. So I took the brunt for everything, everything that went wrong. It was always my fault. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I grew up um, uh, with a lot of babies around because, you know, all my uncles and my aunts. So I was a baby lover. And every, ever since you're, um, I can remember people would ask me, what do you want to, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, some people would say, doctor, blah, blah. I just wanted to be a mom. That's it. I, I wanted to be a mom because I just being, I just, I knew that I love babies and that's all I want. <laughs> I want to be a mom. So yeah, that was little Yulani, loud, um, uh, crazy, and always wanted to be a mom. I love that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So would, would you say that, you know, that happiness, that natural happiness that you have really what was a help once, you know, you started falling in the hard times in regards to, to your um, health? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, the fact that like uh, being a happy person by nature really did help with um, when hard things came, always looking at positive and you know, there were times that I wasn't very, but I think it's very normal. Like, it's very normal to feel down. It's very normal to um, cry and even get depressed because, you you know, you're going through a hard time in your life, whatever it is, illness, whatever it is. For me, most of it is illness. That's like, it's been a path. I, my life has been very perfect. Otherwise, uh, illness has been crazy for me. So, yes, I think it has helped me to view life and view the world as being, you know, happy in nature. Right. Wow. Yeah. I could, I could see that though, because you have this energy about you that's so warm and, and happy. Yeah. It's like you're, it's your, your vibrating happiness. <laughs> I, I feel like the same way about you. I feel like you and I connected. You're like, very happy too I can see that look at that smile <laughs> <laughs> thank you I know I know it's so funny when you meet people and you're just like wow like there's something there <laughs> yeah I love that um yeah thank you no, no, I totally it's mutual so could you you know tell us a little bit about your story and 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 the history of, of illnesses that you've been through so when I, you know, growing up, I was a pretty healthy child. Like I didn't really have any issues. Although my mom just recently told me, oh yeah, you had asthma when you were, um, when you were, when you were like your first year of your life, you had really bad asthma. Obviously I never don't remember that. But other than that, I remember being a very healthy child. I used to do get these stomach aches that were like, I mean, they would stop me, whatever I was doing, I would go lay down. And um, they, could, they started when I was eight. And like nobody, like I remember being sent for some tests, nothing ever came out of it, but I would just get these stomach aches. And um, <clears throat> I went on with life about that. And when I was 21 years old, uh, I, these stomachs would come, the stomach aches would come every once in a while, maybe like three times a year. And I would spend all day in bed and all day, you know, trying to figure out like what is going on, what is it coming from, blah, blah, drink this, you drink that. And then one day I finally went to the doctors and I went to the ER and I was like, something's wrong with me. Like, this is not okay. It decided to happen more often. And then um, they're like, okay, we're going to get, um, we're going to get a doctor and he's going to come in and figure out what it is. And then the doctor came in and he's like, oh, I'm going to send you for, it was like a rectal exam because that's where the pain came from. Like I felt like it was in the rectal area. So the doctor came in and did an, did, did an exam and he said, I'm going to send you for a, a biopsy. And I'm like, okay. And then they scheduled me for the biopsy. I think it was maybe the next or the day after. 
And <clears throat> I came in and the doctor's like, listen, uh, you don't, I don't need to put you to sleep or anything. We do these biopsies all the time on men and, you know, it's fine. No problem. The biopsy was literally in the rectal area, which, you know, it's like, it, there's so many nerve endings there. It is so painful. They went in, <clears throat> they took the biopsy. I took three little pieces. It was so painful. Like, uh, it was like, I can't even, even I mean, you've had children. It's, it, it, it was up there with pain for having a baby. But it was quick. It went, it went away right away. I went home. I woke up. And it was the most pain I've been uh, at that time. I've been through worse <laughs> after that. But at that time, and it was like nothing I've ever felt before. And I, I called my friend. I was like, you have to come into the yard. There's something not okay here. Well, I'm in the ER. I spent there all night and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And it turns out that like that biopsy uh, got infected. That area got infected. They didn't put me on antibiotics or anything. So because it is that rectal area, you know, and there is, you know, you know, your poop literally coming out and it got super infected. So I ended up in the hospital and um, they drained the infection. And I was in the hospital for like three, four days. And they left a tube sticking out of my rectal area for a week. They're like, it has to drain. And um, it was awful. So I went through that one whole, one whole week. I went back and took the tube out. And I went back about my life. Um, I went, actually went to Colombia to visit family and came back. And um, it happened again. And this time... I'm in the hospital again, an hour. We have to go in, do again, like a second surgery, like the first one they just did. They put me to sleep. They put the, the tube up there and it's got to drain again. And it, it drained a week again. My mom took care of me. I uh, went back and took the tube out. It's fine. And then I got like a whole year. Nothing was going on. It was, I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect. I'm, I'm all better. Um, a year later, it comes. Now I'm married to my husband. I met my husband. Um, we're married. I am just 23 years old. And um, I called him. We, my husband and I got married really quick. Like we got, we met and we we're like, I love you. I love you. Let's, let's, let's move in together. Let's get married. And, and everybody was like, are you pregnant? And I'm like, no, I'm not pregnant. And he, he puts me in his health insurance because before I met him, I had very crappy health insurance. And um, it, so like, I didn't have the greatest doctors guiding me to those first two surgeries. So I marry him. It puts me in health insurance and I get sick. I get sick again, like almost right away. We were just married maybe a week, a week and a half. And I'm yeah. again in the hospital. Now I got better doctors. Um, and they start to look and, you know, go to this doctor, go to that doctor. They're all trying to figure out what was going on. And finally, one doctor, it's like, Listen, I, I mean, they sent me to like the Mayo Clinic and I called the guy in the Mayo Clinic and the Mayo Clinic guy is like, listen, I could make you come to the Mayo Clinic, but I know a guy um, that is really good in, in Philly. And um, be, it, 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 like to make a long story short, between that, that and, and all these doctors are seeing me, I'm having like exploratory surgeries. I go in, they, they, they put me to sleep. The doctor looks up my rectal area and he's like, yeah, I don't know what to do here. Go to this guy. I don't know what to do here. Go to this guy. You know, so they kept, people kept passing, doctors kept passing me over. Like, we don't know what to do. Listen. Finally, I, I see this Billy guy and I'm in pain this whole time. Now it's been nine months. I'm in pain. 
so much pain. Um, he says to me, uh, okay, I, I know why you, I know why, I know what's going on. I can help you. I love them already. I was like, oh, somebody's finally going to take my pain away. It was the worst excruciating pain. It was like, I was in labor for nine months. That's how bad the pain was. Um, and then, you know, through that, I just got married. My poor husband, like he, like he married this 23 year old woman and now she's broken and we're a blended family. So I had a child from my last marriage and he had three. So like I'm being mom to now four children and um, they came over on the weekends and like, like we're, he had literally with us 24 seven, they have, uh, you know, they live their mom. We live in the same town and they came over every other weekend and one day during the week. So I'm like trying to do all this while being sick. And I, it was, it was hard. Then finally, you know, the doctor's like, I could fix you. And I'm like, yes, thank you. He says, I have to give you a colostomy bed. And I'm like, I had no idea what that was. I am 23 years, uh, 24 now. I had no idea. There was not very much Googling back then either. This is like 2004. I didn't have the internet. Um, and, you know, he's like, essentially what a colostomy bag is. We're going we're gonna to make a hole in your side of your stomach. And we're going to pull your intestine out. And then we're going to sew it pretty much out to your, you know, to your stomach. So your intestine is sticking out the whole time. And then these things, you know, there's this bag that you buy and they come with an adhesive. It's called a wafer and you put it on. The wafer stays there the whole time. The bag you could throw in and out. Like you, you, it, you poop into the bag and you change it. You throw the bag out. The wafer stays in for a few days. Mine lasts like two, three days. You, and then you, you, the adhesive, you take it off and then you change all over again. And I'm like, like, I'm 24 years old. I want to wear a bathing suit. Like, I want to wear tight clothes. Like, what's going on? And, but he said, don't worry. It's only for three months. I, I'm going to reverse it back. I'm going to put you back to normal in three months. I'm like, okay, that I can do. That's no problem. And um, I, when I got my ostomy surgery, he says, okay, we're going to wait. Um, we're going to wait like eight weeks. And then I'm going to go in and figure out what's going on. And he, I get the ostomy. Two weeks after the ostomy, my pain got worse. And I, I called the doctor. I kept calling him every day until he answered me. Like, you, this is not getting better. You have to. No, it's fine. You have to wait. You have to wait. Nope. This is, I'm not waiting. I can't wait. This, this pain is worse. Well, it turns out that he's like, finally, he's like, okay, schedule me for the surgery. And it turns out that when I was going to the bathroom, the infection that I had growing in my body for that year, was sticking to that poop, you know, this is going to be a lot about poop, which is how I just want you to know. I expected that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like sticking to the poop and coming out. Now that I'm, I have the ostomy, I'm pooping into this bag and everything down there is clean uh, and nothing is moving through, it just sitting there. It just sat there for two weeks. So the pain just kept getting worse. So he went in, he scheduled me for emergency surgery. I went in, the doctor said, this is going to take 40 minutes. 40 minutes told my, my husband, my, my, my husband is the best support system. And my mother-in-law is always there for all my surgeries. Him and my, my, my mother-in-law always sit there and wait for me. And um, they're there and they say, it's going to be 40 minutes, no problem. Well, like three hours later, he comes out and the doctor, my husband tells me this because obviously I was, I was out of surgery. And my husband says, the doctor came out and he said, first of all, I have no idea how your wife has lived with this pain like she must have been in so much pain because there was a, a huge um it was a huge infection in her 
peritoneal cavity. So like all my pelvic area was an infection that just kept growing up. It was in the ovaries. He, the surgery ended up being so long because he had to sit there and scrape all the surgery, all that, I'm sorry, all that necrotic tissue, all the, everything that was dead and all the infection out. Um, so he's like, everything went well. I did it. Everything is good. I, I wake up from the surgery, you know, and you know, that now I got to wait six weeks, um, for my ostomy to be reversed. And I'm like, yes, I wake up. This six weeks of my ostomy to be reversed, I'm good. No pain, finally. Just no pain. It was like life changing. I will never forget. I would wake up within all those nights, all those months that I was in pain, I would wake up every morning and open my eyes and be like, is it gone? And then I would just move a little bit and it, it would it was not gone. And then finally after the surgery, it was like, it's gone. Yay. And then I go to get my ostomy reversed six weeks later. And they they have to do a test where they have to make sure that that all the tissue has healed in the pelvic area so there's like so poop doesn't get into the front in you know because then all that is going to cause a huge problem um so it it just need to so they put air in the front and in the back make sure that it just stays in the front and just stays in the back well as soon as they put it the air in, in my um vaginal area it came out of the back so that meant there was a hole so in uh, the medical term is called um, rectal vaginal fistula. So there's a wall that separates the rectal and the, the rectum and the vagina, and there was a hole in it, and it was a, the size of a pin, like very, very tiny. But the doctor's like, we can't do anything about it. Like, we have to let it heal. It'll heal on its own. I'm like, okay, another six weeks. So they had another six weeks with the ostomy bag, and I was so unhappy. Now I'm depressed. Now I'm in dark places mentally because... I can be mom. I can be wife. Um, you know, I, I'm going to poop in a bag for, I got no, and I was so into looks in the, my twenties, like every 20 year old should be like, Oh, I want to lure this. I want to wear that. And I was a normal 20 something years old, year old. So I was really depressed. So like not only my body's not working, but my, now it's messing with my head and my, um, six weeks go by and the doctor's like, Nope, they did the same test. There's air in both places. So nope, we can't, it's not, it's not working. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and um, I'm going to take the area, like the, the, the fistula is a tiny, tiny, tiny. So he said, I'm going to go in and I'm just going to like use tissue from around and close it up. And then that, that's what's going to be like. I'm like, okay, this is going to work. Um, he does it. He's like, no problem. Go home. Everything went well. Let's wait six weeks. And I'm like, okay, six weeks. I'll wait. Um, I woke up that night uh, in the uh, three in the morning. Like I wanted, I feel like I really had to pee. I was like, oh my God, I really have to pee. And I'm like, no, you know, you wake up and you're like, okay, well, I'll go back to sleep. And I was, I'm too tired. I don't want to wake up. So I did that. Four o'clock comes in. I was like, okay, I really have to pee. So I get up and I feel like I peed myself. And then I look down. It's not pee. It's blood. <gasps> so much blood that like, it was everywhere on my on my on my mattress, and my husband is the greatest husband between the hours of five a.m. maybe maybe six a.m. and ten p.m. Once he goes to sleep, it is almost impossible to wake him up. And I'm trying to wake him up. I'm like, hey, something's wrong. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm bleeding like really badly. He goes, and I, it's, it's probably a miscarriage. And I'm like, I am not pregnant. Like, I'm not pregnant. He's asleep. He has no idea what he's talking about. 
And he's like, call my mom. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? his mom lives an hour away from me. I'm like, your mom can't help me. Like something is going on. And he's like, um, finally, I, I wake him up. He's, he, it, it's not, it hasn't, I mean, the trail that I left from the bed to the bathroom was unreal, like of blood. It was, and he didn't know what to do. He's walking, he's pacing around. And he, I was like, we got to call 911. So we call 911. They come in and they, they're like, um, the, the, right away, they're like, did he do this to you? And I'm like, no, no, no. I woke up like this. It's, it's not his fault. You know, I guess the half has that, yeah. you know? And I'm like, no. And there was blood coming out of my front, my back, and into my bag. You know, like everything yeah. is just kept. Uh, and then finally, they come for the ambulance. And I lived really close to the, to the hospital. So I, I would head it over there. And then the guy in the back was like, no, no, no. She needs to go to a trauma center. So they turn around. And it took me to the nearest trauma center. Um, at the time, I lived in North Jersey, so it was Morristown. Um, and I remember getting there, and um, just I remember when I got there, my mother-in-law was there already. Like, so I, I don't know how she got there so fast. She must have flown. Um, so I remember seeing her, and I remember seeing my husband, and they took me in. And there was like, I, I like an episode of a TV show or a movie when all the doctors just like, fly, like get to you, and they're like, "What's going on?" And I'm laying there, I'm going, oh my God, what is going on? Like, I'm okay. Like, you know, like it's women like, don't worry, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, like, and everybody's like, she's bleeding. Ah. And um, my husband, every every time before I go into a surgery, he always tells me this thing. He says, if you die on me, I'm going to be very angry. So make sure you wake up from that surgery. So like, it's like a thing he always tells me. So I get into the ER and I, 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 I'm sitting there. I'm like, uh, okay. And then all of a sudden I can't. I, I, I could see and everybody's talking to me, but I can't, I can't hear. Like my hearing is gone. Uh, and, and they're like talking. No, no, I'm sorry. No, no. I couldn't talk. I could hear, but I couldn't talk. So they're talking to me and I'm like, nothing was coming out. And then they're like, then they, I see this worry on the nurses. Like they're starting. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going on? Then I can hear. Now I just see them, they're going crazy. Like, and then my husband is there and he's crying. And then, then my vision starts to go. And it's almost like, like, it oh goes like, yeah, like, very, like very little. And I would, right before my vision goes, I was, I go, oh my, I think to myself, I'm going to die. And my husband, and Jerry's going to be mad at me. That's it. <laughs> he's going to be so mad at me. That's it. Like, that was my last thought. <laughs> I, and then I, I don't know how long I was out. I don't remember. Um, I just remember waking up and everybody's like, oh, they're yelling at me. And I'm like, what's up, Why are you yelling at me? I'm bad. I'm up. And then this guy's like, you've lost too much blood. This a male nurse. And he comes at me with this long needle. And he's like, this is going to go in your groin. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I'm thinking to myself, I haven't shaved in weeks. <laughs> That needle hurt so much because they had to go to like a big, they had to give me blood right away. Um, so they took me, they took me to surgery and this doctor came in and he, brand new doctor, um, his name is uh, Ro, Dr. Roland Deli. He um, took me into surgery, fixed me up. An artery had burst while I was asleep. Um, I, like, I, I don't want to blame any doctor. I, I think this was just an accident. Like it just, it was nobody's fault, you know, like unlike my first, biopsy it was like a doctor you know and like I said, I don't have resentment. 
yeah negligence i don't have resentment i think i know everything is not perfect sometimes it happens like i know and then the, like it just happened to me in the middle of the night i just if I, and i don't reverse and um this doctor became my doctor dr rolandelli and he um he he had to put me back together like he's try, like trying to figure out like what is this fistula um so he had these ideas and he did a surgery where he um um he's like i have this idea i have this fistula i could close it i'm going to remove your gracilis muscle which is one of the muscles in your legs and we're going to bring it in and put it in there and then it's going to take you know it's a muscle black surgery i'm like okay perfect no problem i went home and i healed from this um i lost like i want to say i lost five pints of blood um and the doctor said like somebody like me would would only have five, eight because i was so thin and um and i lost like five pints of blood and i was I almost died like almost died this doctor saved my life i don't know how i lived through that and then i went home i healed i was in the icu for a little while blood transfusions and everything i healed and then this doctor's his these ideas of like surgery that he's gonna help me with my fistula and then eventually remove my bag and then um he went into the surgery six weeks later the surgery i had to go back six weeks later it didn't work the surgery didn't work the muscle pulled down um for that surgery it was huge i was in the hospital for a week it had to take it took a a, a plastic surgeon um uh, his name is dr Pio, and he plays a huge role in my life later so that's why i'm letting you like the, he so he like so now this surgery doesn't work but like i got introduced to these great doctors and they became like friends and um um but you know we knew that was going to happen like that, that could happen every surgery it's like all right it might happen it might not happen um so I was really depressed after that again. Like I couldn't handle it. And I got into a really deep depression. And my doctor, Dr. Andre, said, you gotta see a you know a therapist about it because you know, if your mind is not right, then your body's not gonna heal. So I started I started seeing a therapist. Um while I went, he had another idea about another surgery. And I was like, okay, got it, let's do it. Um we went and did the surgery and it didn't work again and i was so depressed again um while i was he's like okay actually i'm sorry i did the gracilis muscle um did the gracilis muscle yeah i did the gracilis muscle one and then i was prepping to go do another surgery and because that one didn't work and then i got pregnant with my son holden because and i didn't even like i never even got my period i never got anything so i didn't even know like i could get pregnant because all that infection that was going in, inside of me first i didn't know and then so it was it was actually a, a happy accident we're like oh my god yes so that's just like listen go home heal have your baby and then come back and then you know we'll try it again and then um i have older ideas so i went home i had my baby hold and i breastfed him it was amazing my pregnancies were perfect no problem everything went smoothly and then my um my i had the baby and then i went back for my next surgery and then um it didn't work the surgery it was another one another they were going to go in and then use the c-section scar and use the fat tissue around it didn't work very depressed again i couldn't hit i was like my husband is like what's going on like what's universe what's going on what's like what is god fun for us like yeah. I, we had no idea and then while i was um 
I was prepping, they had sent me to do some treatments. I found out that I was pregnant again with my second son. And then I, it was like, all right, let's go home. Let's have this baby. Uh, let's, you know, I'll come back. And when I'm done, I went back. I had the surgery again. Now it's been like, in that year that I had my baby and I breastfed and all that, I went back. The hospital got like better. Like they got grants and they got new machines. The nurse was telling me like they have all these new technology. So they could try this older surgery. And um, after I went back the surgery, I did the surgery again, a huge surgery. This is how my surgeries kept adding up, you see. And then um, they did this, the surgery and it didn't work right away. I went to a doctor. I went to a doctor's appointment where they had to do the test with the air and it didn't work. And I was really, really depressed. And I cried in the ER because I was, I don't know, somehow I ended up in the, in the ER. Um, and um, I just prayed to God. I really did. I just said, God, I don't know. Like, this is it. I give up. Um, I don't know what you have in store for me. And my husband and I held each other and we prayed and we said, but this is it. I don't have it anymore in me. I went home. Went back to uh, my my life, and I'm like, if this is me and this bag, then I'll, I have to wear it for the rest of my life, no problem. And I went back for an appointment. They did the test again, and everything was perfect. No, they're like, yes, we can remove your, you could remove your, you ostomy. I'm like, are you crazy? This is awesome. I removed my ostomy, and um, it was a big party, and I couldn't believe that I finally was free from that bag. It's like. Hated that bag so much. How long had you had the bag on for at that point? At that point, um, I had it for almost five years. And wow. they told me three months, three months, and that was five years. Wow. So I know. It was crazy. And um, to get back to like, these crazy medical issues that, you know, that they're all like, it, it's very shocking. It, it, it's all very shocking. So I, I, I would live six years without the bag. It was, it was miserable six years. Um, I don't know what happened. I feel like my body stopped working because I'd had this ostomy bag for so long. It's almost like my body forgot how to poop. Mm-hmm. And I dealt with six years of chronic um, constipation. Going to get enemas, being vegan, being pro-vegan, try this, try that, nothing. It was the only thing that worked for me was enemas once a week. And they're super expensive. They were like over $100 every time I went. And I did that for six years. You know, that was my life. I ate enemas. I ate vegetarian or vegan. And, um, and, then, and then I think it was, that was in 2000, 2012. So I got my bag reversed. I think it was 2008. And then in 2012, in the middle of all, all of this, I, I had a hernia from that first ostomy. And I went to the... Um, the plastic surgeon that has been part of my journey. And I said, you know, he's going to fix my hernia because I'm an active person. You don't want a hernia when you're like lifting weights or like doing stuff. Yoga was really into yoga. And um, I, I had this lump in my breast that I had seen a doctor two, two years before that. I went to my OBGYN, like we all go every, every year. And I said to my doctor, I said, I have this lump. And he said, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. You're too young. No worry. He didn't even send me for any test. Didn't send me for anything. Nothing. Um, so I went two years without just even paying attention to it until this hernia went, you know, I had to go get this hernia fixed and put it on top. And um, I, the day before the surgery, you go in, you see the doctor and he just wanted to see, you know, how everything, tell me what everything is. And I was like, oh, Dr. Peel. 
by the way, I have this lump in my breast. And then he's like, he felt it in, I, I didn't catch it, my husband did. He says he didn't like the doctor's face when he felt it. And he said, all right, tomorrow after I'm done with the hernia, I'm just going to go in and just make sure that's okay. Okay. And I'm like, all right. I didn't even think anything. Like, I'm like, well, it's probably nothing. Um, and I woke up that morning to my husband phone surgery and I'm like, how'd I go? And he's like, I need have breast cancer. And I'm like, I look at him and I, I start to cry. I'm like, I am serious. Like, I can't handle this. Like, how much can I handle? I don't want to handle this, God. Like, please. Right. And then we cried and we got a team together of doctors trying to figure out what it was. But that morning after, it was like right on Mother's Day, after I found out of breast cancer, I decided that um, I was, what was going to work for me because I've been so depressed all those years, or like all that time from my, with my uh, other issues. Um, and I felt so alone. There was nobody in the 20 around me with that asked me. I decided that I was not going to be depressed about it. And I was going to share my journey of breast cancer with the world. And I was going to like, so it would empower other women and not only just help me share, you know, like just talking about it. I picked up my phone and I started doing YouTube videos with my husband and just talking into the phone and be like, this is my day today. I feel like this, this thing, you know, I try to take a phone with me to my doctor's appointment and like, just like give other women that have never, that just started the journey or that somebody in their life has a journey, like a look into what it looks like to have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And that helped me a lot to like share it and like not be sad about it. It really did. I mean, I've already been so down back in the, you know, in those early days of my in the illness that I didn't want to go back there. So I chose to be positive about it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, okay. So we, we have so much to unpack. I'm just thinking a lot. Oh, I'm so <laughs> no, no, please don't be. Oh, it's, it's, like, like, it's a weird story, too. It's like so much goes on, and you're like, yeah, it's like one thing after the next. It just mm-hmm. literally didn't end for you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so at that point, I know that um, as of now, you've had 27 surgeries. So at that point, how many surgeries had you had? Um, so the hernia surgery was supposed to be my 20th. I, w- I thought it was going to be like my 20th, rounded up and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So that way uh, you, you, you had almost 20 surgeries. You were just diagnosed with stage four breast cancer because of actual negligence by your OBGYN. No. Stage three. Oh, stage three. I'm sorry. No, 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 wait, wait. Stage, no, sorry. Stage two B. I, I, I forgot about it already. Stage two B. Wow. Okay. I don't know why. Yeah. I thought that it, I think I read somewhere that it was stage four. I don't know why. Okay. So stage two B. And stage two B. Yeah. Okay. So, which is obviously really bad. Um, and you were going through this. How did you encourage yourself and how did you get through this challenging time? But also I would love to hear if, if it's the same answer, then, um, you know, how did you get through all the previous surgeries and pain? Because I'm sure it's all, you know, within the same ideas of each other. Yeah. Oh, like support system. It, it's amazing. Like I had, I have the most amazing family and I have the most amazing husband. And then my kids, my daughter, my adult daughter, she's 22 now, actually, she all she remembers is her mom being sick. And uh, so it was very hard in the family. It was very hard on my kids. It was, but the support system really helps you. Like it takes a village. So that is how I dealt with a lot of, um, of a lot of, uh, of my 
breast cancer stuff. Like I built a support system of women um, with my from my breast cancer that I didn't have with my ostomy in like all the surgeries early on, and I think that's why I got so depressed and so not okay mentally because I didn't have a support system like that. My family was there; they were great. They were always great. They always have been great throughout everything. But during the breast cancer stuff, um, it's just you. Then you realize you're not alone. You know, like I started putting all this stuff on on YouTube, on Facebook, and women reached out, and I felt not alone. I'm like, they would tell me their stories, and then you know, I would tell them what I was going through, and then they would empower me. They would encourage me. They would tell me, "Don't worry, this you know chemo is only gonna be bad for three days," or you know, it's it gets bad, like like that. That was a huge help during this whole especially during the whole cancer thing and it's important to have a support system like that for sure for sure yeah I mean you just reminded me of I was uh, like as you're speaking I'm thinking to myself you know maybe because and and I'd love to hear your you know your take on this but do you think it's because breast cancer is more spoken about and whereas everything else that and, and I guess like more you know public whereas what you were going through before that is something that I mean also it has to do with like it's a very private area, first of all, and like yeah. the whole going to the bathroom situation, and 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 it's not like there's like a community around that. That's exactly right. It's such a taboo topic. Um, uh, everybody poops, right? But nobody wants to talk about it, and it's uncomfortable. And nobody, not like the more that I talk. Like, so now with my journey about pooping and this ostomy, I'm much more open about it, as you can see in my Instagram. And people now reach out to me like, "Oh my god, I never poop." Like, and, and it's like, it, it, mostly women, like we all have extra organs and extra. It, so like, we always have, like a lot of women have issues going. I'm not, I'm sure a lot of men do too, but like, um, so yes, I did nope, it's so taboo. Nobody talked about it. Everybody's suffering, you know, uh, in private. Oh, I feel like with back then, especially with the issues that I was having in breast cancer. Yes. Everybody talks about it. Everybody, it's it's more well known because I mean, more and more of us are getting um, uh, uh, breast cancer diagnosis. So, and, and and not only that, it's like what I what I I mean, I think you see that a lot too. I when I got my double mastectomy, I I before I, I got it, I googled like double mastectomy, and you only see like from here to here, like the women. You never saw a face. So as soon as I got my double mastectomy, the first first thing I did was I took a picture with my husband sitting behind me. And like no bra on, and, and like, obviously I have no nipples and just scars. And I was like, "Yep, this is what having a breast, you know, breast, you know double mastectomy looks like." So I wanted to be to put that out there so I could put a face to a double mastectomy. You know? Wow, that's really brave of you. Thank you. I have, like I said, my husband is always encouraging me in the background, like, "Yes, do it. Yes, you can do that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but like you're one of the first as you said more most people just stay like under the face so that's yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. and I, I would look i would look at i would google things this is not nothing no face i mean and there was very so i i'm i i feel great being part of the one of those first people that did that so Absolutely. That's amazing. By the way, I'm just still in shock when you said you had a 22 year old daughter. I'm like, wait, I'm sorry. You, that means like, I thought you were way much younger. So. Oh, good. I am 40. I, I just turned 42 last week and I had my daughter at 19. I had her young. So yeah, that's why I have a, a 22 year old daughter who, by the way, looks just like me. Like people really? stop her and they're like, 
she went out to dinner the other day and somebody saw it. It's like, wait, are you Yolanda's daughter? Because she looks like her. She's like, yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Actually, you know what? Now things make sense because I was like looking at your Instagram and I saw a family picture and I, and I wasn't sure which of the two people you were. So <laughs> I thought it was maybe your sister. I was like, oh, maybe she met my family, like her, like extended family. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's my daughter and like she looks just like me and so it's like yeah so it's a good thing like we you know like when people are like you look like sister i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> right you also do look very young having to be so yeah thank you thank you very much i have good genes my mom i get it from my mom like thank you mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah but even after everything you've been through because they say like pain and stress ages you but you have clearly like not physically like at least on the outside age yoga for that i'm telling you yoga stay young because i think we, we go upside down a lot and <laughs> you know like i guess you know the whole breathing and taking time and meditation maybe that you know there's a little bit behind that too <laughs> totally totally yeah i agree i love yoga did would you say that yoga helped you get through the pain as well oh my god yes yoga was so i'm a runner now and i mean i still i'm a yoga teacher and i still practice yoga but running is my main sport now my main thing but I, yoga back then was my it. Like anything, I felt sad. I felt whatever something changed in my life, I would have my yoga practice. I would step on my mat. I would meditate. I would. So yes, it was so helpful. It was so helpful. Um, I know that a, a lot of that, like after my double mastectomy, I couldn't um practice very much, but I taught yoga very much and still um connect. Kept me very connected not only to my own practice that it was only just you know like stepping into my and teaching others but like into my yoga community and that helped me so much tremendously for sure yeah i i i really would highly encourage anyone who hasn't tried yoga to try it because there is a different there, there's a type of yoga for everyone it's not all about meditation there's vinyasa there's quick you know fast-paced and it, it is you know what's so funny because a lot of people are like Oh, I tried yoga. It was boring. Right. It didn't, you know, work for me. And I'm like, well, you didn't try a power yoga class from like a strong teacher. Like, there's, so there's yoga for everybody. If you're bored, there, I'll send you to a teacher that you will not be bored. If you think it's easy, I'll send you to a teacher that you don't <laughs> think is easy. Like, uh, there's like, there is a broad thing with yoga. You could find anything you want. So if anybody wants to try, you know, reach out. I'll, t- I'll, I'll send you the right way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that yeah for sure um I it's so funny because my first well when I was a kid I used to do yoga my mom was very into it so she sent me to kid yoga classes and stuff which was great but as yeah yeah it was like <laughs> yeah but the truth is I was a little bit bored I think I, I don't know why I went maybe because of my friends were going so I still like I, I don't remember ever like arguing with her or telling her I didn't want to go so I was always happy to go but I'm thinking back. I think I was a little bit bored, but as an adult, after many, many years of not practicing, we're talking like over a decade, I decided to try out yoga myself. And of course I chose like the hardest, most intense, hot yoga vinyasa class. And I oh remember saying <laughs> and the truth is, you know, I still, I still went back and I used, and I went back for years and I still not practice at home because of COVID, but, um, yeah. that's, I fell in love with it. Like that's what I needed. It was quick, fast paced cardio and some people say to me like i'm so bored I'm like try vinyasa or try something else <laughs> try having try, try a strong vinyasa yoga teacher like you, you will not be bored you know right. that. <laughs> yeah so okay so let's go back to your health for a minute so now you have a an uh an anastomy bag so when did that happen like could you bring us through that 
so after after cancer 2012 i went back to yoga my yoga practice i was i was like thinking that my yoga practice was not going to be the same after cancer because you know I, I i put all these restrictions on myself like oh i'm probably not going to be able to do that oh i'm probably not going to and i kept surprising myself after i healed and i was giving the okay i my i was it was the strongest my yoga practice was ever physically i mean you know yoga is not all about the poses um like i i, I then i started getting into like arm balances and handstands and and it was like back bends that were so deep that i never thought i would be able to because i was so tight and i started really really digging into how um how far i could take my physical body and um and like doing this fancy yoga pose and then that's when instagram came about and then like that's when instagram came and then i started posting my yoga progress from cancer to like this is why my yoga looks like right and then it just grew quickly like my 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 yoga like i kept getting more flexible and stronger and then, i mean mind you i worked really hard at it like i was spent hours on my yoga practice um because i loved it so much and um because also my discomfort in my stomach was growing worse like i knew like something was going on uh and again it was messing with my head so stepping onto a yoga mat really brought me back really like it really centered me so the more i practiced yoga the better my stomach felt so or, or the more i would be able to ignore it so then i started to do that and then my yoga practice grew and my instagram grew that's how i like that's how I, and it was so much easier to grow your instagram back then too it was like it's so hard to grow it now not like somebody would give you a shout out and then you would grow like you would you know followers and i had I, I came across a lot of nice people in my you know yoga community back when instagram first started and that's how i how i grew my instagram so but my stomach was not okay it was not getting I, I can't i kept not i can't ignore it anymore then started the pain started to come it was the most excruciating pain in my stomach area and uh, i would end up in the hospital this started i would say 2015 uh 2014 2015 um and like to make a long story super short like it was every week sometimes two weeks i would end up in the hospital with this pain and i went back to my doctor and he said i don't know i kept getting blocked in the hospital for a week um nothing would come out um and the doctor's like i think we have to go back to an ostomy and i was so miserable at this point that i was so happy i was like okay i've i've had it before I know what to expect. I'm, and I'm going to be pooping all the time. So I'm fine. I'm like, this is, I will have no more chronic constipation. I'm on pain anymore. So I went, I got my ostomy. I went home. Three days later, the pain came back. And it was the worst pain in the world. Again, I'm back in the, I'm back in the ER for another week. Um, and then this continued. Now I have this ostomy and this pain was not going away. Not going away. Just every week, every, every two weeks, no matter what I did, nothing helped eat this do this do that nothing the pain would come i would be in the in the emergency room or um the only way that the pain would go away would be for intervening um intravenous um uh pain medication and um and valium because it would relax my body and now like i'm going to the hospital so much that like some doctors were even looking at me like i was there for just the pain medication and i'm like no i'm not here like uh, like if you know my story like it, it got bad it got it got ugly 
And I just, I was again losing it. I said to my husband, I don't know, I can live like this anymore. Getting very depressed again. I couldn't be, I couldn't find the sunny side of things, like happy things, nothing. I was just sitting on a couch waiting for the pain to come back. And, um, and this is all up until 2018. I mean, it went like this. I, I, I don't like, I didn't, our family suffered. Like my kids were worried about me all the time. And, um, in and out of hospitals, and you see that, do that, do that test, nothing. And then one day I was, I tickets to Hamilton and I was so excited because I've been obsessed with this show for years. And then my brother-in-law got us tickets to go to Hamilton. And the night before Hamilton, I get sick. And I end up in that, uh, I was actually up in North Jersey. I've switched my doctors down. I live down at the Jersey Shore at the beach. So I switched my doctors. I started seeing doctors on here. Like whenever I had to go to the ER, I would no longer go to Morristown because it was too far and it was too much pain. I would go to my local ER. I got to know actually the doctors there. They would see me. They would come. I would come in and they would know what I need. And then they're like, we're not even going to give you Coskins anymore because that like we know what, like something's like, is, is going on, they, they figure out this adhesions, like, like scar tissue, like from all the surgeries and certain pregnancies and stuff. That was probably what was causing the problem, but there's nothing really you could do about it. You just have to let them pass because, you know, let, let the pain pass because what creates adhesions is surgery. So I can't have a surgery to go remove these adhesions because we're going to create more adhesions, which is going to be problems later on. So in 2018, after, like I, I was up in North Jersey and the pain got really bad. So I had to go to the, the hospital over there. And my doctor was out of, out of town. He was on vacation. Um, this was in August. And he has a new doctor partner um, that was with him. And he's the one who saw me. And he came in. You know, they gave me a test. And they're like, um, you blocked up. Now, since 2014 to 2018 now, no blockage had ever shown in anything because they're very hard to, it, it was like, it was a partial blockage all the time. So like it was still, as soon as they gave me the medicine, things were relaxed, things will pass, they would send me home until it, it, it was like a vicious cycle my body kept doing this. Now, this time I was fully blocked and this doctor could see it in that scan that he gave me. And he's like, you have a blockage. It's not, I can't tell what kind of blockage it is because it's, it's adhesions. I can't really tell if it's adhesions. Like it's, it's, I can't really tell. So let's just let's just keep you in and they give me a tube that goes up my nose awful this is one of the worst things in my life um and then because you can't eat and then it, and the tube goes up in your nose and goes right down into your belly so you and and it drains everything out so because you're blocked so nothing they have to stop your body from uh from like passing anything so it's called an ng tube so they put the ng tube there and um they're trying to just waiting for the NG tube. Sometimes it helps and medicines and things move on their own. Um, they could give me a feeding tube on my arm. So I wouldn't like, I was, I was there for nine days, so I, I couldn't eat. So they had to give me some type of, you know, uh, food um, for my body. So I wouldn't, you know, die of starvation. So they gave me an NG, I mean, a feeding tube, the NG tube. And this doctor finally is like, you know what? I'm like day five. He's like, this is not going to work. Uh, this is not moving on its own. I'm going to go in and, give you sur do surgery and it was like all right let's do it i was just going i'm in pain this whole time so much pain um and he take i go into surgery i come out right away i'm unblocked like my ostomy started to work every pain was like almost gone like we went from like a 10 to like a five in that and then and then it just gradually got better 
uh, he unblocked it. He said, yes, you, um, my adhesions, which is the scar tissue, was blocking my intestine, like my small intestine. It wasn't even my colon, it was my lawyer. So my small intestine was like, like it was like all this adhesion kept growing around my intestine. So it was like the intestine was like uh, blocked, like one, two, three, four, and then a whole bunch of adhesions grew around it. Wow. So that's been there for like years. It's he said he's probably been there for years, and it's probably the source of a lot of my issues. He said you have other adhesions there, and I know I do. I I get blocked up sometimes, but I I use oils and like this little like formula that I have massage, mouthwash release. My husband does mouthwash release, and his doctor fixed me in 2018. I. I haven't had any pain since. And yeah, like I said, I have other adhesions in this, in, 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 like, in this doctor I just picked. I saw him not that long ago, but before the, the quarantine, he's like, you know, we could remove your, your ostomy. And I'm like, nope, I don't think I want to because everything is working so perfectly. I don't, I, 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 want, to, I want to let it be. I want to just enjoy my life right now and like no pain. And yeah, I live in constant discomfort all the time, but it's no pain and I'm okay with that. Wow. So is the discomfort from the ostomy or is this like unrelated? The, the discomfort is from, it's is caused, I think, all the adhesions in all the places in my body. So like my digestive system, like I'd have to, I, I was for a while on the medication that made me poop. Like even though I had like, it, it was like a strong medication, but then I found now I haven't had to take it very much lately. Like maybe once a month I do the medication, but like now like I do celery juice in the morning. And then like a juice, like I make sure I have a lot of greens in my, in my diet before I eat. Like if I know I'm going to have a piece of meat, I know I will have a huge salad with it, you know, like I, I eat a lot of beans. So it's, it's easier on my body, but yes, um, it, the discomfort is from that. Sometimes, like I said, I get like, my stomach is always pulling and there's always like, it's just never okay. But as long as it's not pain, I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's so amazing everything's so relative you know yeah I know you, you learn to be like I always I go back I'm like that colostomy bag that was such a hassle for me hassle for me like um when I was you know in my 20s is now a gift in my 40s like I hate it then I love it now right figure. Yeah. <laughs> well now that I've heard your story I could see why it makes total sense so on a day-to-day basis is the bag like how do you deal with that is it uncomfortable like when you get dressed you have to decide like what to wear based on that yes i i do i'm like i always i always my clothes are always classroom friendly that's why i call it classroom friendly it's like big enough that it, like i buy everything a size bigger so it gives my my bag room if i go to the bathroom it gets full so like i want to give it room so i'm constantly in, i'm like i'm in sweatpants a lot because though they're very easy and I wear a lot of dresses. To me, dresses are the best because um, I wear this special underwear that I bought from my ostomy supply person. Like uh, they, they have a special pocket. So they hold your bag and you feel secure. You don't have to wear them, but I do. You know, I didn't do it with my first ostomy. But with this one, I feel like it's more secure. So like if I'm ever going out, I'm usually wearing dresses because it gives so much room, you know, like a little flowy dress. And then like I do wear jeans and stuff like that, but I make sure that I know that I'm not going to poop. <laughs> that like, because I want to give it room and stuff. And now my stomach is like, my stomach is cranky. If I wear really tight stuff, it gets really, really hard. So mm. I want to make sure that like my stomach is always like with soft stuff around it, nothing too tight because they are heat. I feel like they get super tight. If something really tight is on it. Right. That makes sense. Wow. 
do you have any advice to give anyone who's going through, well, not a similar thing, but has a, you know, cause, cause you, you have your stuff and they have their stuff, but um, who, who has to wear an ostomy bag? Oh my God. Yes. Like, listen, you're not alone. I know sometimes it feels like you're alone, but it with an ostomy with cancer, with anything, there's always people out there that are going through similar or, or, or the same things that you are going through. So reach out. A big part of um, uh, now of my journey that makes things so much easier for me is Facebook groups. Like there's a Facebook group for everything. There's, uh, there's like, I belong to like 10 ostomy or colostomy um, Facebook groups because um, that in there you go in and you're like, oh, this is happening. And then like 20 people are like, oh my God, that happened to me. And they'll have the greatest advice or, you know, encouragement. Um, so don't suffer alone. Like look into little stuff like that. Even local groups, like your hospital will have a local group for whatever you're going through. Like, so always speak up. Don't suffer alone. That would be my number one, um, advice to anybody because I did that. I did that in my twenties. I was, didn't want to talk to people. Like a lot of people in my twenties didn't know that I had an ostomy, a colostomy. They didn't know it because I never shared it. I suffered alone and it's not good. Right. Right. That's such an important point. And that really goes for anything in life. Like never suffer alone, find some support system because there are other people who are going through similar things at least. And even if not, but I'm sure that there's someone who is going through whatever it is, you still need to have that support. You can't, you can't hold it in. We're not made to, to be like that as human beings. Yes, we're not. We're not. This is, we, we need a community. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I know I touched a little bit about that, about this earlier. Um, it's been so hard. My health has been so hard for not me, not just me, but my whole family and everybody around the friends, everybody that has seen me suffer. Everything else in my life is perfect. Like I have the perfect children. I have the perfect family. Like it, it, it is imperfect. Yeah, it's, nothing is perfect. But like for me, it's perfect. Like I, so I take advantage of that. Yeah, like, yeah, crappy situations that my, you know, that life is giving me. I choose to see the good in other parts of my life, you know? Like I said, my life is perfect with all its, its imperfections. So just know that. Like, that's, that's, I want to, like, I don't want people listening to this podcast and feeling depressed afterwards and being like, no, no, no. Yeah, I went through all this, but I'm also very happy. Like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm very grateful to God in, or to the universe, whoever you believe in, for all the great stuff that it's given me. Like, just recently, I got into running, you know? Like, one day I got this, urge to want to go to run and I got inspired by all the people running around me and turns out I've been running for a year August was was a year so a little bit over a year and I love it so much you know like and it's like don't you know don't be afraid to try new things people because I did at 40 years old I picked up running and turns out I'm good at it and it turns out that I love it so it's like you know like like listen to the little uh, messages from God because this is literally a message from God who's telling me like go run, go run, go run, go run. I'm like okay, and then um so yeah, like don't take stuff for granted. That's like if I had to add something to this, it would be that. Right for sure. Let's follow me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's so. I think it's pretty evident from like the way that you're speaking and your energy and everything that, that you are a happy person and that you see the good and that you find the good. I just think you find the good because sometimes in life we have to look for it, you know, like when, especially like when, 
you're someone who's, who's gone through so much pain and you've, you found the good and, 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 and you're pointing out, you have a beautiful family, thank God, beautiful, like wonderful friends and, and a life. And, and I just love that because that's so inspiring for other women to see and hear, you know? Thank you. For sure. Yeah. So what is something that you hope that the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Oh my God. Okay. I want the next generation of women to go to a doctor and the doctor and, and the women, and I, I hear this a lot from women. Um, listen to women doctors, like we, a, a lot of, and you can see this, like this happened to me and it's happened to a lot of people. I don't like, if a woman comes to you and says, this is how I feel. This is, don't be like, oh no, you're okay. And move on. Like, listen to us. Okay. Because we're very in tune with our bodies. We know when something is wrong. And I don't know if you have any, um, if you have any, um, people in your life that had, that had the same problems I have. It's just so prevalent with women. So I would, I would wish that doctors would listen to women more. Yes. By the way, you're not the first person to say that. And I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I find that this is unfortunately a very common thing, especially when doctors are unfamiliar with whatever it is that you're struggling with. Yes. 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 Especially male doctors too. Like male doctors, um, you know, they, you know, they don't feel what we feel. So like, just listen to women. Like, we, yeah. And I'm not saying all of them are like that. I've had great doctors who just like, I've gone to them. It's just, you know, a lot of them need to listen better to women. I think, I don't know. This, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying they're bad or anything. I'm right. just saying, just listen to us. Just please, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah thank you. I, I, I really, yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you. And thank you so much, Rulati, for coming on this podcast on our show. I am so grateful that you gave your time, energy, and and shared your story with us. Thank you so much. I, you know, I I love this. I I love. I never shared this much of my story um, with the people out there. So this is this is very healing for me. Thank you for having me. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> that's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 